Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, certified business and mindset coach, author, and speaker. Each week, we'll be talking about simple but powerful business and mindset strategies that will help you build a lean, clean, and profitable business so you can learn to get out of your own way and pay yourself more. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, lovely. Welcome back to the podcast. Amazing to have you here. I am so excited to share this episode with you. Now, first of all, there is some spicy language. So if you have small ears around, just a warning before we dive in. The second thing is that this is a long episode. So settle in. You may either need to come back to it or, you know, if you're like me and you go for long walks, then this is the perfect episode for you. I went to, which I shared with you already, I went and saw Tony Robbins a little while ago and I wanted to do a debrief episode with Marion, Dr. Marion Piper, who is a very good friend of mine and who came along to this event with me. And so we have done our debrief. It's super long. So I've split it into a part one and part two so that uh, you can listen to both of those and it wasn't like a super, super long episode. But listen, I never want to assume. So if you don't know who Tony Robbins is. He is like one of the top life and business strategists in the world. He's an author, he's a coach, he's a speaker. He runs seminars and one of the ones that we went to was Unleash the Power Within, UPW. He also does Date with Destiny, Business Mastery and a few other things. But he has been around for a long time. He's worked with top sports performers, presidents and everybody in between when it comes to managing their mind. Uh, and their money and yeah he's if you don't know who he is I'm sure if you go google him you will discover all of the things today we are sharing with you some of our biggest takeaways from UPW things that we're really reflecting on in our lives this is definitely a fireside chat with Marion and I it was such a fun episode to do and even listening back as I was editing I'm just like ah like it's so so good so I hope that you enjoy this episode you can also watch the video on the show notes page if you've got any questions or thoughts feel free to message us otherwise let's dive into this episode Marion welcome back to the podcast Woo-hoo-hoo. Thanks for having me. I, I feel like this is the level of energy uh, we need to bring to this topic. So get my bum in a peak state already. Oh, so, so good. So as my listeners may know, if you follow us on socials, you may know, Marion and I went to UPW, which is Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins live event for four days in Sydney this year it was like two weeks ago now I think it was like a week or two. Oh my god not even two it's like <laughs> a week a week <laughs> it was a week ago and so I said to Marion I said you've got to come on the podcast we've got to do a debrief I've been like not talking about it because I'm like I have to wait I have to wait till the <laughs> podcast so that we could like get into it but I'm super excited but listen before we get started obviously you've been on the podcast before but for my listeners who don't know you Marion who yes. are you? Oh gosh, who am I? Insert existential crisis here. Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Dr. Maz. Uh, I am a um, a writer, an author, and a speaker. 
Um, I predominantly practice creativity coaching and copywriting. Um, so I work a lot with startups, creative agencies, and creative small businesses around um, what they say and how they say it and how they can be more creative in life and business. Love it. So, so good. And some of that did come out when we were at Tony Robbins as well, which we're going to get into. But what I thought we would do today is because it was just so much that happened, I am trying to narrow it down a bit (laughs) and focus our conversation. Otherwise we would be all over the shop. But I kind of wanted to start with why did you decide to go to UPW Live? Apart from the fact that I asked you, but (laughs) apart from that, why did you decide to go? Why now? Why now? Oh, man. So uh, maybe some other people out there did this, but uh, we were lucky enough at the end of 2020 um, where Tony and his team, they ran Unleash the Power Within virtually um, on the Australian time zone. Uh, so, but uh, outside of that, all of his events are in US time, which makes them basically the middle of the night. So I was lucky enough to do UPW. I think it was like, I think it was this time in 2020 when, you know, in Melbourne, we were in the thick of that super, super, super long lockdown. And, you know, I was living alone and it was, I I was, you know, really craving connection. And this event was just, it was so significant. And I think it marked um, kind of like a commitment to me for my own personal development. I'd sort of dabbled, I'd dabbled here and there over the years. You know, I'd read a little bit of this book, did a little bit of yoga, you know, whereas I think this um, one thing that Tony's really good at, aside, you know, putting all of our feelings and preconceived notions about this man and, you know, how problematic he can be, putting all of that aside, what I loved about his work is that it's so simple that you feel like an idiot if you don't implement it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I love a framework and I know you're the same, Susie. Yeah. We love, we love a little framework, love uh, a framework. to make uh, things easier. And so when I finished the event, I made myself a promise that I would, next time he came to Australia, that I would go and do it live because I wanted to be in the room because on the Zoom call at that virtual event, it was 12,500 people or something insane. Um, So he can draw a crowd. And, uh, you know, having gone through that, I wanted to be in the room to feel that energy live because because it is really different, Um, you know, being in a, you know, at home in your PJs, is looking at a tiny computer screen versus, you know, a stadium of 9,000 people. Um, so that was part, definitely part of it. And, you know, it took him, what are we, 2023, three years to come back. So it was a long, long time um, between between gigs, which he was very uh, open about sharing with us. Um, and so that was part of it. Another part of it was the last year in business, I think, has been just like a shit show. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to call it. Yeah. It's been really really freaking hard to 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 you know to to you know stay stay on course and to not get distracted and not get beaten down to not you know dip into the negative. And so similar to you um because I know you were sort of saying that you wanted that jolt. Uh I was really ready because I just also, you know, I'd left a part-time job and I was sort of in the process of recommitting to, you know, my version of a creative small business and, you know, doing it again this time, I feel like I'm getting like a second opportunity to do that. And so I thought, okay, 
this is going to be a really great opportunity. And I think, I think we booked our tickets at the end of last year. I feel like it was that long ago. So I was also like giving myself a little personal health, uh, a high five, um, for, for in the depths of my sadness and, you know, uh, (laughs) and like feeling so down about business that I managed to book this in so long ago. Um, so yeah, it was partly, partly wanting to feel the energy in the room and then also give myself, um, sort of put a stamp and go Mm. from this point on, I'm not going to doubt myself anymore. I'm just not going to do it. It's just like not an option. Yes. 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 Say yes. Say yes. (laughs) so amazing so yes for me so at the end of last year and I don't I don't know that we talk that much about you doing UPW online I don't know that we had like an in-depth conversation about it but at the end of last year for some reason I must have seen Oprah do it or something like that it's like the walking on the coals yes and I said to my husband I still remember this we were sitting outside summer Melbourne sitting outside in our backyard and I said I want to walk on fire like that's exactly <laughs> what I said and he was like all right is, is, is he like are you okay <laughs> <laughs> like right now or when I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna walk on fire don't ask me why don't ask me why that was a thing that I wanted to do but I just knew I wanted to do it and then like probably within a month of that because your phone's always listening, mm. the Tony Robbins thing came up and it was the walking on fire, the fire experience, walker. the firewalker experience. And so, yeah, I contacted you and I'm like, let's go. Like, I want to go. Do you want to come? You were a big yes at the time for sure. But, yeah, for me it was really interesting. I don't know why I booked it at the end of last mm. year. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And mm. I, a bit like you, I have never been like a massive Tony Robbins fan. I love what he talks about. When I've dipped in, I've been always been pretty interested, but he's not, I haven't like read a lot of his books and I haven't like listened to loads of his stuff. I've listened to some, but it's so interesting. There was just a knowing. Yes. <laughs> there, oh. was just, there was just a knowing. And so one of the things that he talks about as well is, we can either say like we can listen to the no's as in N-O's or we can have the knowing, which is really just listening to your intuition and really committing to what you know and not listening to other people around you and just going for it. And so I feel like that was such a knowing for me at the time and I didn't know why. Like I can honestly say I didn't know why. And then as, like you said, this year has been a total shite show and (laughs) and and it's been really really tough it's been tough for my clients I've had a hard year there've been a lot of ups and downs and I think that also you know we talked about this too when we were away but committing that time to our own personal development Mm -hmm. and committing the time to us putting ourselves in an immersive state and space and place where we get to like be us at our most incredible selves as well. Yeah. And the other thing I was reflecting on too, uh, as, as you're saying that it sort of clarified for me a little bit is like, if you run a business, whether that is a team of thousand people, or you're just a solo operator, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. You are a leader. I don't care. Like, 
I don't care if you're ready to embrace that or not, but the fact of the matter is you've made a decision that you're not going to be a follower and you're going to do something different and you're going to create something new, you know, and there's certain things that go along with that that I think a lot of people are either afraid to accept and embrace like the fact that other people look to you, they look up to you, your family, your friends, your peers, you know, your colleagues. And I think that was something that really came out of this event was that, you know, I, you know, we have, we all have the opportunity to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I hadn't really thought about what I was doing in that same way, because, you know, day in, day out, you're in the thick of it. You're, you know, working with your clients, you're trying to find new business, you're marketing, you're, you know, you're selling, you're looking at your numbers. We forget the, that just by doing what we're doing, by showing up and being visible, we're leading, you mm-hmm. know, and it's so important and it's so important to cultivate that skill and that belief, right? Yes. 100%. Yeah. So I just, I think that we have to make space, like you said, to cultivate that, but to put ourselves in places where we can nourish ourselves like you know from a you know time and space like obviously you know going away for four days and just being in a place and for me being in a room with nine thousand people who are there to explore themselves make their lives better like elevate their thinking like go after what they want I'm just like I don't know that I have ever been in a place live in person for four days from, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning till 8.30 at night where you're just surrounded by people who are there to do that. And I think that it's such an incredible experience and I'm just like, how can I put myself in more of those types of rooms? Maybe not with 9,000 people every time, but how do I put myself in, in more of those types of rooms? And for me, you know, closer to the day, I just knew and I shared on my socials that I knew I just needed a jolt, like a massive jolt in my life, in my business, in my mindset. And I discovered why when we got to uh, the event, why I really needed that and and why it was so important. But it gave me the jolt that I needed. It Mm. gave me the opportunity to really question how I am showing up in my business for myself and also how I really learned how to manage my emotions to activate the most optimal me. Yeah, and and for everyone listening, uh, she's not bullshitting because I was there (laughs) and I saw it. This isn't, this isn't, we're not just like talking out of our, out of our bums here, people. This is real life. This is real life. We live this stuff, you know? We did. We did. And I, and yeah, I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it. Awesome. Okay, cool. So, so many many things. So many many things. (laughs) Okay. So before we dive in, I just want to give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of an overview. So one of the things that we do when we go to UPW and that Tony talks about is getting into a peak state. So one of the activities is obviously music is a massive one, but there's another one. And if you watch the video, which I will be posting, <laughs> there is a thing that where he says, make your move. So when yes. you make your move, it is a move that you make that gets your body moving into a peak state. So you get to choose whatever that move is. Mine was a bit of a hectic punch in the air kind of thing. I was like, yes, double, 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 fist, in <laughs> double fist in the air. 
Uh, Marion's was a bit of a like a karate. Like a I feel like it was a warrior move. Yeah. Uh, but it was really interesting because that throughout the event was a real uh, anchoring. It yes. was a, it was such an anchoring thing where he would just be like, make your move and everybody would like make their move. And, you know, it's all about us getting our body into a state that helps our mind to be in its optimal, optimal state as well. And so that was something that was really fun. And so I feel like we're both kind of in that state at the moment where yes. you've kind of primed yourself. And it was really interesting because... I have always done that as a speaker, Mm. but I didn't really, I don't, like I knew what I was doing, but it was interesting to listen to the science behind it where before I get on stage, I'm like really revving myself up. Like I'm positive thinking. I'm like revving myself up. I'm, you know, projecting and visualizing what the outcome is, how they're going to feel, what it's going to be like. And I feel like that is what we did as well. So I just kind of wanted to share that with you because I think that that, you know, that was a really incredible thing to learn to do that I think that anybody can do in your office, by yourself, wherever you are, to put a smile on your face, shift your body with intention, listen to music, create the energy that you want and embody that fully. So we are going to be in a peak state, as he calls it, for this <laughs> for this interview because and we're going to talk about this later but the energy you bring is the energy that's received and so i think that that's Ooh. such a big thing yeah preach preach Let's go it ain't sunday but we're preaching <laughs> Take me to church, Suze. Take me to church. (laughs) So good. Amazing. All right, cool. So let's talk about what what was like one of the biggest takeaways from the event. Uh, We're going to have a lot of takeaways, but what was one of the main ones for you? Yeah. uh, Oh, man. Oh, yeah. When I was reflecting, I was thinking about this. if I, if I could, if, if I could just, if I had one sentence that I could kind of give to people, um, if who hadn't been there and were interested in it, it's that, um, an extraordinary life doesn't just happen. You have to create it for yourself. Um, and it, it really is like an extraordinary life is yours for the taking. If you are just willing to let go of all the shitty beliefs that you've picked up along the way. And it sounds really tokenistic and it sounds really abstract and, you know, fluffy and woo woo, but it's really not because an ex- what does an extraordinary life mean? Like, you know, it's whatever it means to you, you know, your extraordinary life is going to be different to mine, just as it's going to be different to, you know, somebody else's. And, um, that was, I think one of the, the takeaways that I loved is that it really drove home the point about how different we all are, but how the same we all are in those differences, you know? And so, there's something that's really unifying about that feeling um, when you kind of realize like, oh, actually, you know, um, what what I want, the life that I want to create, it's actually not that far from where I am now. And, and if it is far, that there's ways to get there. So I think that's what it came down to for me. But um, what about you? What was your yeah. biggest takeaway? Well, I mean, just on that as well, I think that when we talked about what an extraordinary life looks like, number one, I don't think a lot of people ask themselves that question. So we want an extraordinary life, but we don't 
sit and take the time to get really clear. And clarity was such a big message from the four days as well, like getting really clear Mm. on what it is that you want, what you're going after, what an extraordinary life looks like. And so we spent some time doing an exercise where we wrote down, like, what does that extraordinary life look like? And I think just having that clarity is like step one that feels so basic, but that (laughs) we don't really do. So Yeah, I love that. And I was reading back on my notes as well about what I'd written down as far as what an extraordinary life looks like. But for me, one of the biggest takeaways that I really loved was to decide. Yes. (laughs) Make your move. Make your move. Make your move. (laughs) So for me, it was, you, you just have to decide on it. So, you know, sometimes we're half in and we're half out. And if you're half in and half out, like you're out. Like, you know, you're you're just out. Let's just be honest with it. So, you know, for me, it was like, I'm going to love my body strong. I'm going to show up. I'm going to go after the business and life that I want. I will pursue. I I must. I must pursue. I must pursue opportunities and relationships that light me up. Not like, oh, I'd really like that. Or like, that'd be really nice. Like how passive is that? And I think that it's almost like a combination of the two of having clarity of what an extraordinary life looks like to you and then deciding that you must go after what it is that you want, not kind of being like, oh, this is what an extraordinary life would look like. Jeez, that'd be nice. <laughs> nice for some. <laughs> nice for some. Must so, be nice. Must be nice. So, yeah, so for me it's really, it was almost testing like what am I willing to do what what must I do what am I going to go after what will I decide not to be half in half out but what am I deciding is going to be the path forward whatever that might be whether it's in my life my relationships the business like just freaking decide Suzanne yes yes and also too part of the what I loved is when he talked about the word decision itself as, you know, it comes from Latin decisio or whatever, which means to cut off. So it's not deciding and then going, well, if this doesn't work out, I've got all, you know, I've got this backup plan. It's like, nah, baby, we're burning the boats. We're, we're, we're taking the boats to the island. We're burning the boats on the island. No one gets away. We live here now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, it's such an interesting thing with the business too, because, so often we do think, oh, but I've tried everything and I've done everything and all the rest of it. And, and I think that, you know, making the decision that it's always like making the decision that I haven't done everything, like making the decision that there is no, like there is no, I've done it all. I've tried it all, et cetera. I think that that's such a, such an important thing as well. Like I heard years ago, I think Amy Porterfield shared that Tony used to say that all the time. Like if you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boats. Yes. Yeah. And I and, love and, that. Yeah. And it's also, it's making the decision that you're not going to stop until you get what you want. You know, it's that real like dogged underdog, like I am just relentless in my pursuit to get what I want and I'm going to get weird about it, you know, <laughs> rather than just doing what everybody else does, which is maybe I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll give it a shot once or twice. And then I'm going to stop because wah, wah, it's too hard and it's so much effort. 
But like, what if you, what if this time you tried three times or four times or five times, like eventually something's going to happen if you just keep going. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like, I'd kind of forgotten that, you know, a lot of the things in my life that I've achieved so far have been because I've been, I've had absolute clarity. I had absolute certainty about the fact that it was going to happen. And then I just didn't stop until it happened. You know, I just, I was just, I just moted. I just moted, 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 moted. And I think COVID really threw a spanner in the works for that for me in that it was like, you know, it was this huge taking away of so many things. And and with all the rules and the restrictions, like I couldn't do my usual, like I'm just going to be beating on the door until it breaks. I was kind of, you know, I felt really mentally uh, and like geographically really boxed in. So Again, this is why this event right now is so powerful, I think, is because it's that reminder that, oh, actually, like, if I if we want things to change, if we want a new life, if we want a new world, we're going to have to create it and we're going to mm. have to be kind of a bit more relentless about it than normal, especially considering the environment that's now around us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that whole clarity and certainty, it is kind of saying to yourself, how bad do I want this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do I, or do I even want it? Or is this, is it, or is this something that I just think I should do or that I think I should want or that people expect from me, you know, Mm. which is another, another one of the key takeaways he talks about is that the quality of your life is determined by the expectations of your peer group. Ooh, it burns so good. It burns so good. (laughs) I mean, let's talk about that because I do love the story. We're just going to go all over the shop. I've like asked Marion a number of questions, which we will get to. But (laughs) yeah, but that story really hit home for me as well. So the story is basically that he went and spoke to like 5,000 Marines and obviously the Marines are at the highest level of their performance and standards and all the rest of it. And the general asked Tony Robbins, why is it that when they go home, they like they, their standards drop, like they, they they don't keep those standards up. And he said that basically, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but basically we, keep the standards of the people around us. So if the standards are not very high of the people around us, then our standards will drop as well. And I feel like it marries really well with the whole thing of you are the five people that you are around or that you hang around with. But I felt like it was so much more specific. It Mm. was so much more specific, not just like you are the sum of the five people that you hang around with, but it's actually their standards. So it's like it's analysing with the people who you spend the most time with, what are their standards? Do they have standards? Are they the standards that you want to be reaching? Are they the standards that are going to challenge you? And I think that once again, we kind of go through life not really thinking that much about it. And you can be around people that are amazing, that are awesome, but the question is, are they helping you to reach the goals that you want to be reaching? And so mm-hmm. I think that was something that I was sort of sitting and really thinking about and mm-hmm. sort of wondering, do I need to be a bit more thoughtful and considerate about that? And mm-hmm. how do I cultivate those relationships as well? So yeah, that was the whole standards thing was, I blew my mind a little bit. 
Absolutely. And and just to put a little asterisk on that too, um, you know, it's specifically talking about your peer group. So it's mm. not your family. It's not your loved ones. It's not your friends. Um, he basically says like, even if they have shitty standards, like you don't have to adopt them. You can just mm. love those people, just yes. love and support those people. But he's talking about in your career, in your goals, in your, you know, the things that you want to create is surrounding yourself with people who have higher standards than you. Because otherwise, if they're the same or lower, you're not going to go anywhere. And so it's about choosing to pick the, those people, like being really careful about those people um, because otherwise, yeah, you just, you'll, you'll just hang around with what's expected, which, you know, that could be fine for sometimes. But if you are, you know, like us, slightly ambitious and a little bit obsessed with growth, um, it's just not going to cut it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the asterisks. I love that. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. So we started with an exercise which was called Your Extraordinary Life, Mm. which you mentioned was a big thing for you. So what came through for you when you did that exercise? Mm, It was really interesting um, because I feel like I feel really, I feel really grateful for how far I've come considering a, a lot of the obstacles I had to jump over as a little kid and as a teen you know, the childhood trauma, all of that stuff. I feel like, um, yeah, I had a few more roadblocks in the way, um, starting, starting from, you know, basically day dot. And so I think because of that, like, because of the pain of that, it propelled me to places that, uh, I didn't even realize at the time was so extraordinary, you know, getting to live overseas, you know, finishing a PhD, you know, traveling to like over 30 countries, like doing all of that before I turned 30, which if I look back on it, I'm like, whoa, I was busy. Like, so, so, you know, coming into this exercise, um, with that as my background, like my, what surprised me was that my idea of a, an extraordinary life is actually something that's much, um, uh, quieter, much more, um, peace driven, Um, and it's not about, for me moving forward, it's not about the, um, the, the broadness of life, but it's about the depth. So it's like wanting, you know, a a bigger impact with the creative work that I do, you know, wanting it to inspire people and, you know, um, uh, you know, be a part, I want to be a part of the bigger cultural conversations. I want to affect culture. And it's deeper connections. Like it's like living mm. that creative life on my own terms. So it's being deeply connected to myself, deeply connected to the people in my life, um, being healthy and, you know, having vitality. Um, and then, yeah, having my words be the tipping point for people to tra- take the pain that they are avoiding or suppressing um, and transmuting it into something purposeful. So um, for me, it was really around like, and also like a life partner because I've been single, sing, single forever um, and wanting to attract that and also realising that this life that I've been leading is basically the thing that has been blocking me from all these other things. So it was also an acceptance piece of like I got to I gotta plant myself in one spot for a little while um, and, and build from that place rather than the scattergun approach that I've been doing, which has been to be everywhere and do everything and you know, take on so many things at once. It doesn't mean that I can't travel or that I won't be, you know, multi-passionate because that's just who I am, you know, mm. but it's doing that from a much more intentional place with a foundation this time around. So, okay. yeah, so there were some of the things that sort of came out for me, which, yeah, I, again, really surprised me because I was like, 
oh, maybe I want to do this. But also one thing that um, did come up was this really yearning to be back in New York. And so um, I don't know what that's going to look like. And this was this is also part of it, right, is like I don't need to know how I'm going to get there. All I need to know is the vision that I know that at some point that's going to be part of my future, you know. And so understanding, you know, because I don't know people who are listening, like sometimes when you want something, Um, the first impetus is to rush into the how and go, how do I do it? How do I make it happen? But then that just makes things unclear because you're focusing on the parts of the process that you don't know. And so I sort of stopped myself and I was like, actually, like, I don't, I don't need to worry about that yet. Why don't I just get really clear on what that's going to look and feel Mm. like first, get that in my body. And then I will attract or I will find or I will research like who and ha- like who's going to help me, who's done it before, and then we can follow that path. So um, that was a really interesting thing because also the other side of this is, right, as someone who, you know, people who go through childhood trauma often are really afraid to plan for the future because for a while there, there really wasn't one. So this is how I know that I'm in a really, really good place in my life is the fact that I'm able to vision and see other things, other possibilities for myself when for a long time it was just survival. So that was mm. like, that was like a huge moment for me to go, oh, it's safe. It's I'm safe. I'm safe to, to, to dream. I'm safe to like, to think of bigger things for myself. So that was really nice. <laughs> oh, I love it. So good. I think just as you were talking about New York and not getting into the weeds of how it's going to happen, you know, that that quote of it's amazing what the universe delivers once we decide oh I just got goosebumps yeah yeah I think it's that deciding yeah I think it's I think we do get so stuck in the how and you know what's going to happen and when's it going to happen and all of that it's like what if I just decide that I'm going to do this thing and then (laughs) making that decision like living from a place of that is going to happen for me at some point. And then, like you said, knowing that just making that decision attracts what you Mm -hmm. want Mm -hmm. and then seeing what comes out from that as well, following the breadcrumbs, seeing what comes up. Yeah. And you have to go first. This is what we forget, you know, and I, I think that there's, I don't know if it's like a, complacency or, I mean, definitely fear. That's because fear that keeps everyone, (laughs) keeps everyone in. I, I, the reason I said that people is because Tony kept giving uh, a shit about the Australian accent. So he kept going like fear, Um, you know, but we have to go first. We have to be the ones to decide energetically, um, emotionally full body that that's what we want. And yeah, the, cause the universe's answer is always yes, mm. no matter what you ask, whether it's something good or something bad. So love that. So good. So good. Awesome. So when we talked about, um, you know, going through the extraordinary life, I feel like a lot of what you said really resonated for me as well around deep connections, deep conversations, you mm-hmm. know, health and vitality, relationships, like having amazing relationships. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's what life's about, isn't it? Relationships yeah. and experiences. Yeah. Like those two things are basically like, you know, and growth. Let's go for the three. Yeah, relationships, experiences, and growth. So I think that for me, those were the three that I was really looking at. But the one thing that came through for me when we did an extraordinary life was making today count. Mm. So that was, you know, that came through for me in a big way, like showing up today and making it happen. Because we live in the future so much that 
you know, this is the goal that I want. This is what I'm going after. This is what I'm going to do like in the next quarter. And being, you know, we were just talking about the fact we're both ambitious. I'm a big goal setter. I'm a big planner. And so it's like, okay, so then there's the launch and then there's the this and then there's the that. And the question, you know, that I'm trying to sit a lot more in is making today count. Like what am I doing when it comes to relationships, connections, conversations, and growth today. Because I think so often we can have these big lofty goals and I'm all for it. Like I'm not saying not to have them, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we're going to do that we forget to do it today. So. And, and how, so thinking about that in the last week, what have what have you noticed? Has anything changed for you if you're thinking about every, you know, making every day count? Has there been a moment where you're just like, oh wow, like I really crushed that presence thing? <laughs> or or any reflection since since doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the whole being in a beautiful state, which is, you know, your peak state. I think I've really tried to be a lot more mindful of that. And, you know, coming back from four days of joy and growth and freedom on all of that and coming back into school holidays has been test, challenging. Test, 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 yeah. test. Yeah, so I got sick when I got back um, and then it's just been challenging and I've just really tried to. I've probably succeeded about 80% of the time, Marion, I would say, which that's amazing. <laughs> okay. Where I'm just like, okay, peak state, make your move, like prime yourself in the morning. Uh, listen to, you know, I have my dance party in the afternoon and just really trying to be present and think about what am I doing right now that makes me feel amazing. Even this conversation is, you know, all part of the relationship and the conversation and the connection and things like that. And sharing with my husband, you know, what, what the experience was like, which is really interesting for somebody that has no real access to that world or no real interest in that world. I don't know. Like, he's just like, that's really interesting, but you know, I just think that it's important once again, like we said, to love the people around us, but mm. to find those who contribute to our growth and contribute to those deeper conversations that we want to have. And maybe at some point, like he might get into that, who knows, but I'm not waiting because today's the day. Today, today is the day. The day to make whatever I want happen. And so I think I'm just trying to be a lot more present in how I show up for myself mm-hmm. and for those around me, but how I really cultivate those things around growth connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that are really important. And and also for the record, everybody, uh, no, they did not pump us full of Kool-Aid. They did not give us Kool-Aid to take home. Uh, this is all completely manufactured in our own bodies and brains. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, um, chemical, a little bit of oxytocin, a little bit of dopamine, perfect combo. So don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. We're not going to start, you know, preaching the good Tony word. Uh, but it's funny. It's actually really funny because I feel like that's the the way to sort of disarm the people who are kind of very like resistant or anti is if you sort of talk about it from that perspective. Because it's really funny what happens when you start cleaning up your side of the street. It's really interesting to see how that affects other people around you in 
uh, in your life. Like an, an example of that is that I've sort of been talking to my dad about what I'm going to do next and where I'm going to go. Like more often than not, he's just like, oh, yeah, sounds good, sounds good. And then every now and then he will just he just tries to just take me down a peg, you know, and, I, and I'm sure people have that, have people like that in their lives where, you know, you're, you could, that you're building a bit of momentum. You're really excited. And then they just stop poking little holes in, in what you're doing. And so getting a new apartment, for example, my dad was just like, oh, that's too expensive for you. Uh, um, oh, that's a lot to maintain. Like you're not going to be able to travel as much and, you know, all, all conversations I've had in my own head. Um, and I just, I just stopped and normal where normally I would get super triggered and I would start trying to argue back at him. And I just said, stop. And I was like, you know, you can actually just be happy for me if you like. <laughs> and it completely diffused the situation. He was just like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I am. I am. And then we talked about something else, but yeah, just an interesting little thing that I noticed, uh, that happens when you sort of, you know, maybe you're a little happier than normal people get, can make some people a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's the other thing as well is that this is us making ourselves happy because yeah. you've got to remember it's the whole thing of you've got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help others. Mm. And I just think that if we're constantly listening to others, if we're constantly taking on other people's energy, other people's limiting beliefs, other people's opinions, then we really can't live an extraordinary life because we're not really tapping into like who we are, what we want and what helps us to perform and be like at our best as well. So, Oof. yeah. Yes, preach. Preach. It's so true. And, and, you know, we are we know ourselves best. And, you know, as long as it's not hurting or harming anybody, then like why should it threaten other people's sense of self, you know? Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Make you move. Yes, move. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things that I've heard before, so interesting, I actually have UWP. UPW. UPW. Yeah. I was just like, no, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> UPW. <laughs> I actually have UPW on Audible and I feel like I have listened to before, but it didn't have the impact that it did being in the room. Mm. So I think that's really interesting. If you want to go listen to it on Audible, it is there. But you, if you ever get the chance to go live, do it. But he talks about the six human needs. And so the six human needs are. I can so rattle them off. You want to rattle them off? I'm like, where's my book? Where's my book? So you've got, um, there are four basic needs and there's two spiritual needs. So we've got certainty, which often manifests as, um, you know, routine, sameness, desiring um, control over your environment, over th over what happens. Then you've got uncertainty, which is variety, change, um, adventure. Then we've got significance, which is uh, our desire to feel unique, special and different um, and valued by other people. Um, and we've got love and connection, which is, you know, relationships. It's being part of community. Um, it's feeling that sense of belonging. And then the two spiritual needs are growth and contribution. And growth is basically, they define it as like continuous self-improvement. And then contribution is giving back, um, you know, from a place of not expecting anything in return. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for that, Marion. I'm You're like, welcome. I know them, but I'm like going to get it wrong. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting to go through that as well, because what I found 
was that when I got there, I'm normally a pretty <laughs> chilled person. <laughs> but when I got there, I was quite stressed. Like I don't, and I couldn't figure out why. I was just like, yeah. what is wrong with me? <laughs> like I was like, I don't know, what about my bag? And what about this? And I do I have enough food? And blah, 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 blah. And I really caught myself in what the hell is going on, Suze? Like this is so bizarre. Um, and then when we went through the six human needs, one of them being certainty that you know exactly what's going to happen, you're used to what's happening around you, you know, that you've got that stability, you've got the control, etc. And this was like all new for me. And I almost felt like, you know, the last few years, so much has been uncertain in the world that I have really anchored in to certainty within my life. And one of the negatives about that is that there's boredom and there's like inability to kind of be spontaneous. And there's, you know, when you're in situations that you're not used to, it can be a bit unnerving, which is exactly what happened. Uh, but it was so interesting to almost watch myself from the outside being like, what is happening here right now? <laughs> Uh, so that kind of shook me up, which was great. We want, we wanted the jolt and we got yeah, the jolt yeah. from that. But what did you discover about yourself when we worked through those human needs? Yeah, well, for context, everyone, and this will make you laugh, just to just to give you a really, <laughs> well, really, really a good example of the difference in needs. Because, right, they all, uh, Tony also says that, you know, we all have the same six needs, but we value them differently and they're in a different priority order. So to mm. give you an example of that, um, I roll in uh, to um, to the meet Sue's at the airport at Sydney Airport on an overnight flight from Bali. Um, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just show up. It'll work. It's fine. You know, I've just spent two weeks like traveling around Bali, going to new places, going on an adventure. We roll into the stadium and Suze is like, I've got snacks. I've got bananas. I've got, um, like, where do we go? Where's the bag line? And I'm like, it's fine. Let's just follow the crowd. So this, this should show you a really concrete example of the differences in our needs. Neither of us are right. Neither of us are wrong. We just value different things. So, um, obviously, and I like, I already knew this and this is the thing, like once you've got the language to talk about it, you know, exactly what your needs are. Yeah. Like it's re it's real damn obvious what your needs are. Um, and so my top one was, um, uncertainty, whereas Suze's is certainty. And then I think we both had significance yeah. as our, as our second need, which is, you know, the way that manifests for me is like, um, I, the rules don't apply to me. I live a different life. I'm a creative human. Um, you know, I'm unique and special because I, you know, I make art and I write. And so that's a really high need for me, you know, and it's not necessarily um, a bad thing. However, if I look at the downsides to having both of those needs as my top two, um, what the uncertainty does is because I'm always chasing the change and the variety um, it can be really hard for me to to stick to a routine. It's hard for me to stay in one place. And so I, as someone who is, you know, slightly less predictable, it can be really difficult for the people in my life to know, you know, when I'm going to be around, if they can rely on me, like if I'm, if I'm even going to be here, you know, so that's like one of the downsides to um, the uncertainty. And then with the significance, um, <laughs> it can often block you from, 
developing love and connection and getting um and getting those deeper bonds and those um like more special um experiences and it can also block you from doing things like contributing or um you know creating community because if you're always trying to be the one who feels significant chances are you're not really paying attention um and enough attention to the people around you so and one of the other things that i love that um tony said was um people people want and crave love but they settle for connection mm. and that was something that uh i kind of realized i was like wow like I have a lot of connections. I have a lot of connections, but I'm missing that the, mm. the depth and the intimacy of like 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 real deeper love. And it's not that it's um and it's not that it's not available to me or that I don't deserve it. It's just I haven't cultivated it because I didn't realize that what I've been settling for is just connection. And he was saying that obviously within the world of social media, we mistake connection for love. Yeah. Or we yeah. And so, you know, you might have a thousand followers or you might have lots of people in your network or you might have lots of people that you're chatting to on the regular, yet it's not actually fulfilling you because there's not that connection and love in that way. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, so it was really interesting to sort of sit in that space and then, you know, from, from that point on, we just kept pointing out to each other when we were when our when those needs became really visible, um, which <laughs> which made me laugh. I'll just be like, so, oh, and I, one of my one of my favorite moments is when on the first day we had these salads from the cafe, and um, on the second morning we're on our way to the venue, and Sue's is like, oh, I'm so excited, like. Oh, where are we going to? Where are we going to sit? We're gonna, let's try the other side, and I'm going to get one. Get one of those salads again. And I just turned to Susan. I'm like, but what if they don't have the salad, Sus? And just the look on your face was just absolute like outrage and devastation. Is like as if they wouldn't have it because they had it yesterday. It was brilliant. <laughs> and can I tell you, they didn't have the same. They salad. didn't have it. <laughs> that was the best. Which I was part. very upset about. Which I was very uh, upset about. So. So uh, mine, like you said, certainty and significance were two um, that I have been living in as well. Uh, And one of the things that we did was looking at what do we want them to be? So if that's where we've been for the past couple of years, where do we want to be? So my shift and change that I really want to cultivate is variety. So, you know, whilst you can have certainty financially, you can have certainty where you live, you can have certainty in some of the core things that are important to you. The question is for me now, how am I like really shaking up the rest of it? So if certainty has been 70% or 60% of life in the last few years because of everything that's been happening, how do I move that to maybe 40% certainty and 60% variety? Because the things that really I love and thrive on in life is travel and spontaneity and fun and can, you know, connection with friends and play. Like those are things that have always been really important to me. So that's definitely something now where I'm like, okay, how do we do more of that? So even, and it's in the little things, it's like on Sunday, I was just like, right, we're all going, we're going out for lunch. We're going down the beach. We're going to like go, let's go get ice cream. Like, let's just, you know, and the kids were like, oh, I don't want to do that. Why? Because, well, that's not what we normally do. And I'm like, let's shake it up. Let's go. And then they were all like, oh my God, it's so great. You know, and I just think sometimes we've kind of got to be that 
that jolt for them as well. And then I really wanted to move from significance to I kind of like growth and contribution. So I feel like growth is something that, you know, even going to this event was something that we both, we both invest in, but it was really like, what contribution do I want to be making? And for me, something that came up is I would really love to be working with younger people as well from maybe a charity perspective, a mentoring perspective, a contribution perspective, where, you know, helping them to think in a different way, obviously, because I've got kids of that age. And I'm just like, how amazing would that be? Because we saw the youth uh, leadership, which uh, is basically something that Tony Robbins does. And there were kids that were sort of 14 to 18 or something like that. And I just thought, wow, like, I think I would really enjoy that. So now really thinking about how can I make more of a contribution? So what were the things that you decided you wanted to shift towards? Yeah. Um, and also too, before I say those, um, our needs, it also doesn't have to be, to fulfill those needs, it also doesn't have to be a grand goal or a grand ambition. You know, it can just be um, thinking about in your everyday life, how can you, um, if, yeah, if growth and contribution are your two, you know, the, your two primary needs now, like how can you get those from everything that you do, mm. a little bit of it from everything that you do, um, but also by, by you know, have the big goals, do all that stuff. But it's it's more of like a just a slight mindset shift around thinking about what you need. Mm. Um, so for me, like I love the uncertainty. Like that is it's something that I think as a creative person, we definitely need because we we need to feel really comfortable sitting in the uncertainty of not knowing where the process is going. Um, so I, similar to you with certainty, it's like, I still know I need a fairly mm. decent chunk of that in my life, especially as a business owner too. Mm. Like we have to be able to, you know, befriend uncertainty. Um, cause if you don't, you're going to, you're going to find out, you're going to get a rude shock because <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff can just change at the drop of a hat. Um, but what I thought was like, okay, um, for uncertainty and significance, like what could I translate that to? So for me, I, I mapped growth to uncertainty and contribution to significance. Mm -hmm. um, and I just to kind of rewire my brain a little bit and sort of say, well, actually the process of growth, like I don't know where that's going. And what that's about is it's about continuous uh, constant improvement and expansion and evolution. Um, whereas uncertainty is like chop and change. So I was like, what if I just reframed uncertainty to be more about growth mm. um, so that I'm not chopping and changing, but the, there's that like beautiful, slow, inclined build and, and, and growth that way. Um, which felt really like it actually feels even just saying that I'm like, Ooh, om nom, 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 nom. Like <laughs> it feels <laughs> feels nicer. Yeah. Um, and then contribution. Um, if I, if I build, if I give and be part of community thinking more so around, if I'm thinking in my business, it's like, like, how can I contribute my skills and expertise to other people's communities? So thinking about it, not so much as like a, I need to build my reputation and I need to build my expert status, but it's like, well, actually what communities need what I have, mm. who needs to hear the things that I know inside out, back to front, up and down, you know, and that to me felt like, oh, I feel, I feel motivated and inspired by that. Um, whereas if I think about, you know, significance and I dip into ego, I go straight into scarcity mode and I'm mm. like, 
there's not enough opportunities, there's not enough people, there's not enough money, there's not enough time. But if I'm like, well, what can I give? It's like immediate expansion. It's like, oh, I, I just, I, I, can, I can give to my local barista. I can go to my gym and I can, you know, just give my, give my energy there, you know? So those, like, it's such a, like, it's a, you know, it's a hairline difference between those things, but you can already feel like the shift in my energy when I go from like this, talking about that to talking about this. So that's what I love about the needs. And especially the fact that like, once, you know, it's like speaking a different language, you see it everywhere. You see everybody's needs just whoop popping out of the the woodwork. (laughs) Love it. Like whack-a-mole. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But don't hit people. Significant. (laughs) Please don't hit people. (laughs) But yeah, no, but I love that. I love that where it's like when we're in ego, there's scarcity. And when we're in like growth and opportunity, there's like expansion, which and Mm. contribution, which I love. That's so, so so good. good. Yeah. Amazing. So we went through a lot of exercises and frameworks. What would you say were the top five things that you're committing to and adopting now? Oh, love this because massive action. You. Uh, so the first one is around energy. So energy, um, oh man, huge, huge game changing. I've been on a, such a health journey myself this year. You know, I've lost like 12 kilos. I'm, you know, crushing it at the gym. I have so much more. And this is like literally the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. And so for me, it's like, okay, this this event, Tony just reconfirmed the path that I'm on. And so it's like, I actually just need to keep going. There's nothing I really need to change dramatically, but it's more understanding that cultivating the energy daily is like now the habit. It's Mm. like, that's speaking of standards, that's the standard is like energy comes first. The second thing that I want to commit to is meaning and emotions, which um, for all my creative artistic friends out there, these are things that we deal in day in, day out. Um, but I think it's about understanding what they are and how to process them in an even greater way than before. So not pushing things down, like experiencing things, but then also recognizing them for what they are, which is energy. Mm. Emotions are energy in motion so that we can use them as fuel um, for your goals, particularly if we, if we start to lean more into curiosity and determination, because like, there's no problem you can't solve if you're curious and determined because you're just going to keep going. You're just going to keep yeah. going. So it's leaning I into just, those. I just want to go back on that though. Energy mm. is emotions in motion. Yeah. Emotions are energy in motion. Emotions are energy in motion. motion. Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved when he said that. I feel like sometimes you kind of got to like say it to yourself again. But I love that emotions are energy in motion. And I think that just going back to what you said about the first thing, which is energy, the Mm. whole make your move for me right now is like a daily call to arms to Mm. really embody the energy and the person that I want to be and being really conscious of that, you know, listening to the music to hype me up, putting myself in a good mood, you know, when things have been really challenging, instead of staying in that negative feeling, I'm really trying to pull myself out of it, smile more, listen to the music. And one of the things that really just hit massively for me is that you can't be mad or sad when you're in gratitude. Yes. And I think that that's been something, you know, one of the most powerful things that happened when we were away was 
really like closing your eyes and embodying and really thinking about moments in your life that you have been truly grateful for. And I cried when we did this because it was like so incredible. And I just don't think that, you know, when we talk about gratitude journals or writing things down that we're grateful for, I think that there's the acknowledgement of what we're grateful for. And then I think that there's the true like embodiment and feeling of being grateful And so when I have been challenged in the last week or two um, where I felt angry or I felt, you know, sad, I just have really tapped into that moment of gratitude and really the other thing that I did is I actually sat and, you know, the things that I was grateful for when we did that exercise obviously come to mind first, but I sat down when we got back and I wrote down more of the things that I'm grateful for, where there were moments where I can feel it. There were moments where I remember it so vividly Mm. and the feeling that I felt in that moment as well. Mm. And I've just tried to build on those too. So these are the things I'm grateful for, but here are like 10 more things that maybe I didn't think about in the moment where I'm just like, remember that time? Do you remember that moment? And I've just been like really trying to stack my gratitude because I'm just like, you can't be sad or mad when you're in gratitude. And how can I, how can I access that and tap into that more? Yeah. And this, and this ad, this kind of builds on this idea of like, if we constantly seeking external stimulus, external approval opportunity uh, we're going to be waiting a really long time and we have the the greatest resource to power us which is our lived experience mm. the li- you like you have all of the memories you know but we the problem is that we just don't make the time to remember them mm. and to feel them like you say it's not just the tokenistic writing it down writing five things down in my gratitude journal but it's like you know, sitting there for a couple of minutes and actually feeling, you know, what it felt like in that moment when that when that thing happened, and then like the Jedi move that I'm going to suggest, um, if you're if people are willing to try it, um, is to think about the 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 shit that happened, the terrible things that happened, and what you're grateful in those because there is you can pull gratitude out of anything. Because chances are that terrible thing happened and it bumped you onto a path that maybe you met your soulmate or you got your dream job or you, you know, you gained a greater appreciation for life. So that's also what a lot of the post-traumatic growth literature talks about is it's not just about gratitude, um, but it's about, uh, it's also about appreciation. So it's looking, actively looking for the good. And that's what that exercise taught us to do is everyone, if when everyone else is looking for the negative, you look for the positive and like you've already won. Yeah. Like so good. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think just, you know, like being in that moment, hand on heart, closing your eyes, taking yourself back to either the good or the bad or where, whatever it is you want to tap into and spending time feeling it. And I think Mm -hmm. that one of the other things I took away is that we're in such a rush with life and life is so busy and everything's happening and I think that just stopping sometimes and actually being in the moment, acknowledging the moment, feeling the moment and being like, I'm giving myself permission to be here um, and feel this and acknowledge it 
Mm. I think is also something that we don't take time to do. And that's why gratitude sometimes passes us by. Mm. Mm. So that's definitely something that I'm trying to be a lot more aware of. Like when I'm in a moment of gratitude, how do I stop and really feel it Mm. and bank it? Yes. Instead of it's just like, oh, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I had a fun day, whatever. What about like really banking that as a, as a gratitude, like, you know, putting it in the slot of, I can go back and access that Mm. at another time in life. And also, you know, there were, there were so many moments where both you and I, we just stopped and we like looked at each other and we were just like, I'm so glad you're here. That is a moment of gratitude. You know, I think, I think people feel like they can't express those things in the moment when they're happening, but there's something really magical. It actually makes, I think it draws down more meaning. Mm. It draws down more emotion when you take a second to just stop Mm. and acknowledge what's going on and just like, Hey, Oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Like so often we don't do that. Like you say, we're just like, we're on from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And, you know, maybe we reflect a year down the track being like, Oh, that was awesome. But catching, learning to catch catch yourself in the moment and celebrate it and celebrate it as it's happening. Like it attaches a far greater emotion to something. You're more likely to remember it. Mm. You're more likely to chase more experiences like it. Mm. And it's again, seems so simple. So simple, but you know, you have to do it. This is the thing. We're talking about it right now, but everyone, we did this and you can too. Like, it's not, we're not, you know, you don't need to do a fancy course. You don't need to, like, you know, pay a bunch of money. Like, you can just, you know, take a few minutes and, and tap into all those beautiful memories that you have. Yeah. So, so good. And your second one was meaning and emotion, uh, you know, and really going to that deeper level. I think for me, one of the things around that were the patterns. Yes. So he talks about the patterns. Ooh. So everything that we do and the results that we get are based on our patterns. So I think one of the questions that I was asking was, you know, what are the patterns that I have in my life? What are the things that I do all the time that either serve or don't serve me? And what patterns do I need to change? So one of the things that, you know, when we talk about, you know, that meaning as well is that I love that he said, you know, our beliefs become Mm self-fulfilling and and it's, you know, once again, there's so many quotes out there that I feel like we, we don't really think about. It's kind of the whole thing of if you think you can, you can, and if you think you can't, you can't, but it, I think that, you know, he just sort of said there are so many beliefs or there are so many thoughts that are around us. And most of the thoughts are not ours, but we kind of pick a thought and then we decide to adopt that thought and then that thought becomes a belief and then we live our life by those beliefs. And I think that understanding what we give meaning to, Mm. understanding what thoughts that we have and where they may have come from and how ingrained are they in us as far as like what we do on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Like if I have thoughts about money and beliefs about money, Like, what are they? Where did they come from? And how much does that influence what I do on a day-to-day basis? Relationships, the work I do, how I show up. Mm -hmm. I think that once again, giving ourselves the space and the time to understand the patterns and the beliefs that we're in Mm -hmm. and how they either contribute or detract from the extraordinary life that we want. It all, it's just like a web 
where it's just like really diving into those things and asking ourselves those questions. I think it's just such an important thing to do. Mm. Yeah, and, and you know, for those playing at home who uh, the word meaning feels and sounds a bit abstract, what's the story you're telling yourself? Meaning, meaning is in story. So it's like it's in story and it's in behaviour. So what are you doing and what's the story you're telling yourself about what you're doing? Because that's the, the fast track way to first spot the pattern because that's like part of his process, right, is you've got to first spot it. Second, you've got to interrupt it, thus the the silly dancing and crazy voices and uh, make your move, make your move. It's all about <laughs> just interrupting the pattern. Mm. What can you do to interrupt it? And then you've got to replace it. And the most beautiful thing is that we get to choose. You get to choose. You get to decide. You get to pick it. Um, whatever you whatever you need it to be based on what goal or what you know or where you want to go or who you want to become yeah and I think that was a super powerful exercise where we wrote down our top three limiting beliefs Mm. and then we there was a whole exercise around it which was really full-on that we may not get into now and then we rewrote what we want those to be and I think that's the other thing as I've been looking back on those beliefs in fact I've been saying them to myself over and over again the new beliefs that I want to have that will replace the old ones that I feel have been limiting me and I once again it's it's an active practice yes. that will shift like you know our behavior and those patterns and what it is that we want to go after And so I also think that sometimes we do that, you know, it's the whole, I'll write down my gratitude. No, don't write it down, feel it. It's, Mm -hmm. I want to change my beliefs. Don't just write it down, like what you want the belief to be every day. Say that to yourself, embody it, feel it. What needs to change? What patterns need to be broken? What needs to be rebuilt in order for that belief to be so embedded in us that it now becomes our automatic way of being. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's something that takes time. And I think it's, but it's got to be on the daily. So that's definitely something that I have been doing is those three beliefs mm. and just really trying to embed them. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I've definitely noticed, um, I've I've heard like I've noticed the old beliefs whispering every now and then. Uh, and so yes, in a similar way, I'll I hear it and then I course correct and I go, oh, wait, that's 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 not valid anymore. Or here's what we think instead, you know, and I think part of it too is, um, you know, and I was, I've been listening to, I was listening to a great episode of the Huberman Lab podcast yesterday and today about goal setting and the neuroscience protocols about how to achieve your goals in a similar vein. Um, And he talks about focusing on, rather than focusing on the destination and the thing that you want to, you know, be or get, um, focus on the verbs. So um, focus on the verbs that are going to get you there. And so this is kind of the same thing. It's like, rather than focusing on you know, being like, I want to be more loving. It's like, okay, how do you love? Mm. Focus on the verb. I, you know, I want to be more creative. Okay. Well, what, what are you doing to be more creative mm-hmm. and focusing on the doing um, rather than the, the, ver- the noun or, you know, the, the, the label or the title, you know, which is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to, it's going to become further and and further and further away but the action that you take is actually the thing that gets you there you know it's yeah. not not the other way around yes 100 percent. So, say yes so good say yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> so good what was the third one that you had um I'm, i hinted at this um earlier but um it's really uh, focusing on the who not the how so um again if there's something that you want to learn if there's something that you want to do um you know 
swapping out the how for who. So um, it's not just, um, you know, it's not just who can help me. I think that's a powerful, a powerful um, question to answer yourself, but also who's done it before that I can model. Tony's all about modeling. So it's like, you know, if you want to go get somewhere faster, um, look at, look at rather than reinventing the path or walking a new path, just follow whatever's been done before, you know, and then, you know, when you get there, you'll decide on something else. So that one was definitely um, a big one, a big shift in my head for sure, especially from a creativity perspective, because um, it's all about the process. So, Mm. um, and that's where people get stuck. So, yeah. And that was a huge one for me as well. Like I absolutely loved it. Like when he wants to learn about fitness and health, he goes to the best person in the business. When he wants to learn about money, he interviewed, I don't know, like 12 or 20 of the top billionaires in the world. Mm. Uh, And I just, and I thought that was so, so good. So now I'm just kind of like, okay, if I want to learn that thing, who do I think is the best? Who do I think is yeah. like somebody that I could really like dissect and learn like what, how it is that they do it uh, mm. and focus on that. So instead of scattering myself with, oh, let me watch these 10 people that do that, who do I think is the one person, the best person for me to learn from that really resonates for me and then focus on that person and and modeling what it is that they're doing so that I can learn it a whole lot faster. Because I think that's the other thing is that, you know, with our access to so much information and our access to so many people, I think that one of the biggest procrastination habits is just constantly listening to like a billion people and then wondering why you're not taking any action. And I think it's, you know, having that clarity of, what am I going after? What's the goal that I want to achieve? What's the outcome that I want? And then who has had that outcome? And then let me model like myself, let me model what it is that they're doing. So that was, yeah, I had a big, when you sent it through, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> that was a big one. So good. So good. Love it. Love it. What was your next one? This was a really, this was a really tough pill to swallow as someone who, you know, I've done a PhD, I would consider myself very um, like intellectually driven <laughs> is that like poor execution is better than all the knowledge. Yes. Um, and so uh, <laughs> it was a reminder like that. Um, and I, and I, you know, and I see it, I see it all the time, people just accumulating knowledge and not doing anything with it. Um, but you've got to, you got to execute. Like execution is what's going to get you to where you want to go. And so um, the other thing that I liked that was attached to this that Tony said was that complexity is the enemy of execution. you got to make things really, really super, super, super simple and then probably even simpler than that. Uh, so it was a good reminder that uh, actually, you know what, I've probably got all the knowledge that I need, but probably what I'm lacking is massive action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you know, I, I think that there's so many people that would be exactly so. It's like we were just saying, you've just got so many people that you can constantly be learning from. You could be taking mm. a million courses and you could be, you know, listening to all the podcasts and you could be watching all the YouTube videos, but it's such a safe place to be. It's yes. like, let me there's just, no risk. I'll no just risk. keep learning. I'll be just, I'm not quite there yet. I'm going to keep learning. And yes, massive action. I think like I've always been a pretty big action taker. But I also think over the last couple of years, I think that complacency, mm-hmm. which I shared with you before, has definitely settled in a little bit where it's like, oh, like, you know, I've kind of learned as much as like I can and I'm executing kind of, 
not, but not massive action, not massive, massive action. action. And I think that's where the difference is, is that you could be doing things, but just doing things is not enough. Not anymore as well, you know, and yeah, Tony had this whole rant about, you know, you'd expect that if you're doing an excellent job, you're going to get excellent results, but it's so competitive out there that excellent results only get you good results. So yeah. And good and being good gets you poor results. Yeah, Being excellent gets you good results Mm. and being outstanding then gets you excellent results. Yeah. Even then it's like massive action showing up like knowing what you're going after. Yeah, that was that it was like sad to hear that, but also oh, very true. It was it was you know what I I describe that moment as is very sobering. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, okay." Like I like the rose-tinted glasses came mm. off at that point and I was like, "Shit, we got some work to do." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, feel like, I feel like that definitely hit me as well as far mm. as like good is the enemy of great which is mm. something that I was listening to somebody else talk about. And, and I felt like that was the reinforcement of it is that you can show up and you can be good, but it's actually not good enough. No. Not today, not in the business world. Yes. Not, I guess, in a lot of things. It's like if you want to have amazing, outstanding, incredible off the scale, like results, mm. who do you think you need to be? Mm. What do you think you need to do in order to get that? And I Mm. think that sometimes we expect greatness, we expect exceptional results, yet we're like operating at like fair to good. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why I said like let's get weird about it, get unhinged, become obsessed. Like you see people like and, you know, I can use, I have, you know, there's so many like musicians and artists that I can, um, you know, share as examples. But like do you think like Frida Kahlo or like, I don't know, Picasso were just like, meh, no, they were weird about it. They were so weird and they were so, like, they were so dedicated that you almost can't help but get the results like that if you're that, that committed because they decided that there was no other, there's no other life for me other than this. I must, I must paint. Well, in Frida Kahlo, um, case, case, case in point, you know, she was bed bound from a crazy, um, you know, debilitating indus- um, um, injury. So like she, it was either lie there and do nothing or, you know, create and, and you know, give yourself something to focus on. So um, yeah, I was like, I would love like for this, you know, and, and this is what I've been thinking about um, is like, how can I become more extreme, more unhinged, more vocal, more me? Uh, in the next year and just get super freaking weird about it. <laughs> to the point where people like just don't even know, like, like look at me, they're just like, I just don't even know what to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be polarising. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So good, so good. All right, we've got one more that we're going to talk about. What was your fifth one? Um, it was this one, change your approach. So, mm. again, it's like, um, you know, if you don't get what you want, like don't give up, just try a different angle you know, uh, and they just keep going. And so, and the other thing too, that I know I've been guilty of is like, if something doesn't work out, my kind of default mode is to like question myself. It's to get into, it's to doubt myself. It's like, oh, maybe I didn't put enough work or maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I don't have the skills or maybe I don't have the, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah forever. Um, But what if, what if, this is just an experiment. What if instead of doubting myself, I just question the approach 
mm. and go, oh, actually, maybe this person, you know, maybe an email wasn't the best way to reach this person. Maybe, maybe the best way to reach this person is seeing if I'm connected to them in a different way. Or, you know, maybe, um, maybe, you know, maybe this project didn't work with this client, not because I'm bad at my job or they're bad at what they do, but maybe it was the way the project was designed, mm. you know? So there's an element, I think, of self-reflection in here that, um, you know, I bang on and about journaling for, and, you know, you can, people are so, so I'm, I'm struggling to understand how self-reflection is the thing that people are afraid of, but having now gone through all of this process and understanding the human needs, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It is kind of scary to sit sit in that space, sit in that really vulnerable space um, and look at yourself. You know, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do, but it's the one that offers, yields the biggest and greatest results, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think moving forward, it's like I'm going to try things and then I'm going to document it and I'm going to think about it. And then I'm like, if it worked, great. How could I do it better next time? Or if it didn't work, like what other, you know, and get creative. Like what other ways could I do this or approach this? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was, I felt like that was one of the big things as well. It's like, there is, there is no end game as in, there is no, like I've done it all. I've tried it all. You know, I always say, I always reference that, you know, Lisa Messenger got 88 no's before she got a yes. And I think that it's kind of getting, <laughs> I feel like this is the thing, getting weird about it, like becoming obsessive about it. About it like working it out, like I, you've got to decide once again, there's so much here that connects. You have to decide what you're willing to do to be outstanding and what you're willing to do to constantly change your approach so that you figure it out. Like if you want to be the best, if you want to be great, because remember good is like average these days. If you want to be great, if you want to be exceptional, then what are you willing to do and how many no's are you willing to get? And the answer should be as many as it takes to mm. actually get the outcome that you want, which you have certainty and clarity on. I think one of the biggest things that I took away as well is certainty when we come from a place of certainty. So once again, going back to speaking as my example, when I'm about to get on that stage, can I tell you, I have a hundred percent certainty that this is going to be incredible, that I am going to impact and create the energy and the space that I want. Like when I am revving myself up, when I am getting into a beautiful state, which I love the beautiful state, then you come from a place of certainty. And I think it's only when we decide that we will do what it takes, that we come from a place of certainty, that we will have as many no's as required to get the outcome. I think that the way in which we operate becomes outstanding. Mm. Sing it. Make you move. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> and two, like two things that follow up with that. You get the life you focus on yes. and then you also get the life that you're willing to tolerate. Yes. You get what you tolerate, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's true. Like, and that goes right back to that standards conversation. Think about somebody who is exceptional, someone who is outstanding. What kind of standards would they have and how are they different to yours? Mm. And like, honestly, like thinking about that and the verbs, what are, what are they doing that I'm not doing? it's a whole other game that you start playing because then it's not about what am I not doing or, you know, or where am I falling short? It's about what can I do? What mm. am I willing to do? Um, which is huge. Like that to me feels so much more empowering than just like, I'm not where I want to be. And, oh, well, everyone around me seems happy with what they're doing. So I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to make a fuss. I don't want to take up space. I don't want to be that person. No, like screw that. Like we're way past that now. We're getting weird. 
<laughs> things things are get, about to get kooky. <laughs> yeah. And I think you've got to be honest with yourself. Like when you're like, mm. I want all these big things, you've really got to stop and say, am I showing up and being the person who is relentless in getting the yes. things that I want? Yes. Radical, radical honesty. Yes. Radical honesty. So good. Oh, so many things. <laughs> There's so many things. I mean, we could talk about it all day. We we've like literally we've like scratched the surface of what we went through. Uh, but I feel like those were some of the bigger things, even though yes. there was so much more. But I think now it's really about embedding, embedding everything that we've learned. I think that we will continue to have conversations on this. Uh, and I think that, you know, really thinking about the people around us and the standards that we want and also how are we being those leaders? We kind of started with that, you know, that mm-hmm. that message from you is that we are all leaders. What kind of leader do you want to be? A leader for yourself. Like I think sometimes, like, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to be like a leader for a lot of people. It's like how are you a leader for yourself? How are you a leader for your community in your business? Because I know that, you know, people that listen to this, they're, they're in business. And so really thinking about, what am I willing to do to be outstanding? Yeah, and, and what standards am I now going to set that are going to raise everyone up around me? You yeah. know, it's I don't want to be a follower anymore. Yes. I don't just want to cruise. It's like what can I do that is really going to make a difference for me and then for other people? But me first. Yes. We have to go first. That's what it means to be a leader. <laughs> I'm just doing a dance here for those who are just listening to the audio. <laughs> so, so good. We, we're we going to leave it there. Uh, but, Marion, I am so grateful for you and I'm so grateful that I had this experience with you and I'm grateful that you and I can have these deep conversations and push each other and challenge each other in such an incredible way. Uh, and I can't wait for more experiences like this with you in the future because there are going to be some and they're going to be epic, can I just tell you? Oh, my gosh. They're going to be so yeah, – they will literally be unhinged. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and I, like, right back to you, Suze, like so grateful that you extended the offer and sort of gave me that nudge. Um, and also, like, for everyone listening, you know, if you don't have people in your life that – that do that yet they're out there and they're they're looking for you so just keep your eyes open you know be the one be that person to go first and to you know extend the olive leaf or ask to go on that coffee or you know set up like a little zoom chat like you just never know you never know Mm. where this stuff is going to go and put yourself in circles and in spaces with people who think and are the way that you want to be as well Yes. doesn't have to be in a room with 9,000, but it's a no. good start. Yeah. <laughs> it's one way to fast track it, that's for sure. <laughs> so good. Amazing, Marion. Thank you so much. This has been like such a great episode. You can watch the video uh, on the show notes page as well, which I can't wait to share. But have an incredible rest of your day. Oh, my gosh, you too. Woo. Make you move. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I know I'll be listening to it again. There were so many takeaways from the event. I love the workbook that we've got. I've been going through it again and again. And I just want you to know that you can choose to have an extraordinary life. You can choose 
to show up the way that you want to. You can change your state, change your emotions and really live in a place of gratitude so that you can have more joy. That is one of the biggest things that I have really taken away from me, with me from that event. So have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you on the next episode.